0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Roaring 20s podcast. Today we have on with us Tony Marinucci. Tony is a registered dietitian with a master's degree in nutrition. She is an avid lifestyle blogger for over 10 years, which is such a feat, <laughs> and she is super passionate in helping people live happier and healthier lives. We're so excited to have you here, Tony. We're going to be talking all about Tony and then also we thought it would be really important to talk about nutrition and diet and body image around the holidays, since that is the season of life we're all enduring right now. So thanks for being with us, Tony. Yeah.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to get into this conversation.
0: Yes. We're so excited. So first of all, just tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, and which we know because we're all from Long Island, and <laughs> how old you are, if you don't mind saying. since yeah.
2: No, I I actually am very excited to be on a podcast that, you know, most people who are listening are in their 20s because the information I'm going to share with you is what I wish I knew in my early 20s. So I'm 31 now, and I will tell you guys that everything gets better. Life gets better. (laughs) I promise you. (laughs) Things get so much better. And especially once you heal your relationship with food and your body image, I mean, you know, sky's the limit. You can really accomplish anything. And after that, you kind of are done with the figure it out stage and you could just thrive. So I hope that you guys feel inspired after listening to today's episode. And one thing I think we can get right out of the way is let you guys know that even though I'm a dietitian and diet is in my title, I actually teach people how not to diet. I think that dieting is very restrictive. And very like one size fits all in, in my approach and my team, what we do as registered dietitians is we really help people figure out what works best for them. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we do that is because we all have struggled with our relationship with food or body image or weight at some point in our lives. And that's very like, my story is basically that. So I grew up on Long Island. Um, I was part of a loving Greek and Italian family, but if anybody knows the Greek and Italian culture, it's lots and lots of food. And there was like this constant complex and confusion where it was like, you know, finish whatever on your plate, like you can't not eat food that's, you know, um, you know, insulting. But then there was also like glaring looks when I would reach for a second helping, or if I did want dessert, I was almost made to feel bad about it. So I never knew what to do or how to handle food. And I was so conflicted at the same time I was getting teased at school about my weight. And so- I just had like a really hard time growing up. Honestly, I was naturally in a bigger body and my eating habits, I was never really told how to eat properly. So obviously, as you probably know, would most people kind of figure try to figure out how to lose weight on their own. They go about it in really extreme ways, very restrictive ways. So I would do very, un, I would engage in very unhealthy eating behaviors, which was extreme restriction, excessive exercise, I was constantly worried about what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat, and just obsessed about food and obsessed about changing my body. Um, and then I learned really quickly that restriction wasn't the answer, it was actually part of the problem. <laughs> and the one thing that I changed, the biggest game changer that I changed was I, I had to stop looking out how food was gonna make me look. And instead what I did is I started to focus on how food would make me feel. And when I did that, that's when I found balance in my eating habits. So I really just started to switch switch my mindset from, you know, what to take out versus what can I add in, you know, more water, more movement, more fruit, more vegetables, more lean proteins, more whole grains. And I rather focus on that and then just balance in general. And that's when I was able to like find peace. And that's like a really quick, believe it or not, it kind of took a while for me to say that, but believe it or not, that's like the short version of the story. Yeah. We know that there's many years in between that. <laughs> uh, came into play before I actually figured it out. And now I'm helping people do the same thing. Love it.
1: Love it so much. And and my story is very similar to yours in a lot of ways. I think a lot of people who, you know, grow up feeling uncomfortable in their skins or feeling like judged by other people. Um, we tend to seek, right, a quick quote unquote fix, big quote unquote there. Um, and do so alone and and don't really know how to navigate it. so I love everything that you stand for we love what you stand for and that you more than anything help people find what works best for them because I think that's the big issue in the actual diet industry is everything is this idea that one size somehow fits all and that you know everybody can go off with the same plan when in reality something that's going to work for me might totally not work for Julia you know might totally not work for the person next to me and I really love that you help people feel empowered and find their version of peace their version of freedom but also not negate. And I think this is what's misconstrued often in um, like the food freedom type of space. I think sometimes people associate that with meaning you don't care at all. Mm. <laughs> and that you just kind of like yeah. let things go and then do whatever, which I misinterpreted when I first stepped into that space is I honestly... Um, started viewing unconditional permission to eat as like almost like a permission slip to also still not make myself feel good and feel like I had to just stay stagnant and stay where I was, even though I was still unhappy there. So there's so much we can unpack there. But since the holidays are coming up and so many women start to feel stressed and all these aspects about eating and, and everything during the holidays, what are like your top tips and tricks on navigating the year while still keeping you know, in mind how we're going to feel, but also still like enjoying the time, you know, without stress.
2: Yeah. So I would say, honestly, the mindset that you're going to have around the holidays is a similar mindset that I encourage people to have year round. And that's a balanced mindset. It's getting rid of the all or nothing approach. Many people, whether you're going to a holiday party or celebrating something, or maybe even outside of the holidays, what they'll do is they'll restrict their calories to quote unquote, save them for the big event or for the big day. Right. So maybe Thanksgiving, you know, people will just wait for the big meal so they won't eat all day long or they'll exercise exercise excessively or whatever they do to kind of quote, unquote, save their calories. But we know that almost always, and I hate to use always as a term because it's, you know, everyone's different, but I would say 99.9% of the time that backfires, right? And really, if we just kind of look at every single day as an opportunity for us to eat balanced, to fuel our bodies, to pay attention to our hunger, you know, we're going to get to a place where food no longer feels like this thing that we have to put on a pedestal um, it's just something that we we eat and we enjoy and we move on. And then there's some occasions like the holidays where you get to indulge in certain treats that you don't normally have, like pumpkin pie or apple pie or um, Christmas cookies or, you know, all of these things that traditionally maybe you make. I, I'm just thinking of like my favorites, like eggnog. Like there are certain things that come out that it's only you really don't really eat it all year round. So the mindset that most people go into that with is, oh this is the only time of year i eat it so i'm just gonna go ham with it like i'm just gonna go crazy with it And the reality is, is that you can have it and you could also have it if you wanted to on a sunny day, I don't know why you would, but if you wanted to on a sunny day in June to make yourself or buy some eggnog, it'd be hard to find, but like you could have it. Like there's no food that's good or bad or off limits or on limits. Like you really do have full permission to eat whatever you want, whenever you want. The thing that I think people forget going back to that food freedom component is there's a point where it was going to affect either your physical health or your mental health. And so that's the thing that I think people need to realize is that regardless of the time of year, if we put foods off limits, they're already going to appear like they have this power over you and you already feel like you're not allowed to have it. So there's this like, we're all kids at heart, right? This rebellion that comes in. It's like, I have to get as much of it as I can right now. And realistically, when we eat those foods that are more indulgent, maybe they're higher in sugar or uh, fats or whatever it is that you might have considered as quote unquote bad. The reality is, is that we know that the nutrition components of those foods aren't like the highest nutrient rich options, right? Like broccoli versus a cookie. We we know that you're not going to get the same amount of nutrition from a cookie that you are from broccoli. With that said, a cookie brings us pleasure right? And it it has a different sort of satisfaction. When you overconsume that, you're removing that ability to feel better. So you're removing the initial intention of having it in the first place, which is to to feel satisfied and to enjoy it, right? Life is meant to be enjoyed. It's okay to enjoy your food. I want you to enjoy your food, right? Mm. But we have to kind of decide within ourselves how much is too much and how much isn't enough, right? Because if we go back to what we were saying earlier, if we don't allow ourselves to have it, then we tend to overcompensate or we feel guilt or shame for after eating. And it, it, it's pretty tricky. Now, I understand those of you who are listening, you're like, well, that's really hard, right? Because it's not black or white. That's the that thing. Anything worth it in life isn't easy. You've got to figure it out. But the effort that you put forward in the beginning initially to find that balance will allow you to, in the long run, not have to be so mindful and like not have to be so obsessive over it. You're always going to have to be a little bit mindful, but it gets easier in time once you kind of figure out how much is too much or how much isn't enough for you.
0: I love that question. And I don't know if I've ever heard it phrased exactly like that. And, and I just, I think it's so great because the answer is going to be different for everybody. Like how much is too much for one person and how much is not enough for another person. It's going to be different. And it might even be different for you, depending on where you are in your life. yes I think different seasons right different seasons Mm -hmm. which can sometimes make it even more tricky Mm because maybe you know maybe a year ago when you were struggling with something particular maybe something was too much and now Mm -hmm. maybe it maybe it's just right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just love that question and I want to dissect like so many elements of everything you just brought up Tony because I think it's also important Um, so we're gonna break that all down into different pieces but Where I want to start is keeping in mind how we feel. I I love that you talked about that before about how food makes us feel um, and how we can consider that when making our choices. What are some of your favorite like healthier holiday options or things that you like gravitate towards if you're at a holiday party or things that maybe you'll cook for if you're having your own Thanksgiving? Are there certain options that you – that are more nutritious – Mm -hmm. and um we can be on the lookout for like yeah well so I think everybody
2: traditionally has their own kind of set of unique things that their family makes so I think it's even their dinner plate is going to look different Mm -hmm. you know regardless of like kind of your you know what culture you come from or kind of the traditions that you have in place um I would say one thing that you'll learn within yourself whoever's listening like if you some people when they're first starting their health journey they automatically like just like assume like vegetables are taste disgusting and like they never want to eat them and like they're not going to feel full when they eat them. yeah but like as you start to eat more uh balance and you incorporate things like vegetables more consistently like you genuinely want them you really do so like when when i think of thanksgiving i actually am obsessed with thanksgiving because (laughs) I love Brussels sprouts. I like, this is what my family makes. Like, and they'll make the other stuff. They'll make like, you know, um, like some like fried stuff. Like they'll make like corn fritters. They'll make, um, you know, the sweet potato mash, but has like all the butter and all the sugar in it. Like they'll make some of these things like less nutritious. But I actually love when like my mom makes a lot of the root vegetables, right? So like carrots and turnips and then um, Brussels sprouts is super common. So like I will have, you know, the, the sweet potato mash, that's not just sweet potato, you know, and I'll put that on my plate, but I will also balance it out with lots of veggies. And then, you know, on Thanksgiving on a regular day, I usually choose more of like the white meat for, you know, most often, but like on Thanksgiving, I'm going to eat the dark meat because it's delicious. And it's that's an example of on the day of a celebration, like it's okay to change up a little bit. And like, you might have a little bit of sweet potato that has extra sugar and you might have, you know the dark meat instead of the white meat but you don't now have like seven plates of it. And then you, or you don't go in with like, oh, it's Thanksgiving, to me. So I'm not going to eat any vegetables, which actually it's one day. So if you chose to do that too, it doesn't matter. Like one right. day doesn't make or break your progress or your health or anything, but it's how you respond to those overindulgent moments. It's how you respond to kind of that bad body image day. Like those are the things that truly are going to overall consecutively over time impact your health. So to answer your question, my favorite things, I I do love vegetables. I love, even if I did do like a lean piece of turkey per se, like I still will put some like cranberry sauce or um, some gravy on there because to moisten it, otherwise it's dry and boring and I'm not going to enjoy it. And so satisfaction matters because if you built your plate off of like, just the turkey the lean turkey and just the veggies and like maybe very little bit of carbs or maybe no carbs in the in the sense of what you know diet culture makes you believe that you're not allowed to have it chances are you're not going to feel satisfied and whether if it's later that night or the next day eventually you will, your body is smart. It's going to crave calories. It's going to crave sugar. It's going to crave carbs and it's going to make you want it more. And eventually you're going to feel like you have no willpower and you gave in, but it's just your body's way of protecting you and just telling you, can you please take care of me a little better? Like, yeah. can you get Please just give me some balance. You know, I'm, I'm like missing some nutrients here. Like I yeah. haven't had, you know, a carb
1: in like a week and I'm feeling low on energy, <laughs> okay. Okay. you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that makes so much sense. And I just, I love the way you're approaching this in like such a logical sense too, because I think a lot of the time, I know I've felt this in my past, like if I were to, let's say be craving, let's say something sweet or whatever, like I would attribute something like that as it having a deeper meaning about me as a person? Like, oh, well you're just addicted to sugar or you're just like obsessed with food. Like things like that, where I'm like, what? No, no. Like this doesn't have to be the story I'm telling myself. And this isn't the truth. But then when we add so much emotion and so much like power and putting all these things on a pedestal we just like obsess over it more so Mm -hmm. I guess my question is like let's say that we do want to indulge at a holiday event what are your tips for you kind of mentioned it a little bit before but I'm thinking about a person that's like okay I do want to like enjoy myself and whatnot but I think there's also this this thing where it's like not wanting to restrict yourself, but then also not using that as an excuse to like overdo it. So I guess what are your tips for finding that middle ground like setting yourself mm. up for not overdoing it not being extreme not having an all or nothing mentality and to take that a step further. Not beating yourself up the next day. If let's say you do feel a little bit more low energy or like a little bit of a crash, like how would you kind of navigate that?
2: So I would say first things first. um, So what you're talking about, the second question is more of like your emotional ties to food, like your psychological belief or feelings around food. And then the first part you're talking about is like when you're having a craving or you just want to kind of have some fun. Most of the time, what I find is like when it comes to that situation, most people are under eating or not eating enough balanced meals. So first thing I always like to address first is make sure that you're fully fed because if you're not fully fed, like your cravings are gonna be running rampant and it is gonna be really hard for me to, for you to follow anything I'm about to say after this. Okay, so you need to make sure that you, you know, if you go to a party, you had breakfast that day, uh, something with a complex carbohydrate and a, a protein or a healthy fat, something that was balanced, right? You had lunch that day, you're hydrated with water, right? Now, when you get there, make sure you eat a balanced meal because then you can confidently sit there and if you are scanning the dessert table, you first think of yourself, what is it that I am truly craving, right? Going back to that point that we talked about when it comes to having a cookie, right? It, you're not having it for the nutrition. So so stop trying to find the healthiest cookie or the healthiest ice cream. Like just stop, okay? We're not, we're not trying to find like the healthiest option when it comes to a dessert. We're trying to find the dessert that we actually want, right? So if there's cake on the table and then there's cookies on the table and there's ice cream, ask yourself, do I want something like room temperature? do I want something cold? Do I want something smooth? Do I want something crunchy? Like, am I, maybe I'm in the mood to like dunk something into milk or my coffee, right? So if that's the case, you want something crunchy. You don't want anything cold. You feel like you you want the, cause eating a dessert is more of like, you have to think of it more as like, it's, it's an enjoyable process, right? So I'm going to, so you decide, all right, I'm going to have I want to have the cookies and so I'm looking forward to dipping it into the milk, right? And really think that through because if you make the answer, if you come to your conclusion like super quickly, like too quickly, you might realize like midway through like, oh man, I actually wanted the ice cream. And now you had the cookies and then you had the milk and then you had the ice cream and then you're like, oh, wait a minute. No, I didn't want the ice cream. I want the cake. And I have the cake and like, then you just kind of go on a free for all. So just take, it's it's like, it's, it sounds like a long time, but it's really not. Just in your mind, just do a quick check in. What is it that I'm craving right now? Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it crunchy? Is it smooth? Is a combination of all the three? Is it salty? Is it savory? Like, is it sweet? Whatever it is. And then decide kind of what that is and then decide how much am I going to feel satisfied with? So a serving size, sometimes if you're like, we're looking at the package, right? A serving size might say two cookies, but maybe, you know, in your heart, you want three or four of them that's okay. (laughs) Like allow yourself to have the portion you actually want. Or on the flip side, if you're like, you know what? One cookie sounds perfect. I don't, you know, it's okay. You know, it's, it's better. You just want one cookie, have the one cookie, then eat it slowly. And then, um, if midway through you are realizing like, eh, you know what? This actually isn't as good as I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Like, It's okay to stop eating it. Yeah. Don't have to finish it. And if you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Then keep eating it and just even slow it down even more. Like really taste it really just like pay attention and just check in. And then if you're like, all right, you know what? I think I want another one. Now this is the second part. Now we're going on, it may or may not be the difference of indulging versus overindulging when you want to go for that second plate or that second handful or that second slice or whatever it is. Now the question, which you always can ask yourself, which will be helpful in most situations is how do I want to feel both now and later, right? Your brain, the now, the the sugar is naturally going to be like, I want more. It's amazing. Oh my God, this is so good. Give me more, right? right? It's a natural chemical effect that happens when you consume sugar. The, the later is like, I already, I had, I already had a piece. I'm kind of full. Like I'm feeling good now, but I feel like maybe if I had another, I might feel like kind of sick actually. So you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to save it. If anything, I'll take it home and I can always have it tomorrow with my breakfast tomorrow, or I can have it like after dinner tomorrow. Like, I don't have to have it right now. So that goes back to that mindset is when you put things off limits, you feel like you have to have it right now in this moment and it's going away. But you can always have it later, right? We live, fortunately, if you're listening to this podcast, my guess is you live in a society where food is abundant all around you and you could probably go out at any time, any time of the day to get whatever it was that you were craving and you don't have to stress about it not being there. You know, um, my, my guess is you could probably go pick it up if you decided you didn't want it and then like.
1: 45 minutes later, you're like, yeah, I should have had that. You can go and grab it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good tent. It yeah. makes so much sense. And I think that's something that's part of why I think the holidays specifically brings up a lot of stuff for people is because of course, although like stuff like Julia's favorite pumpkin ice cream from Trader Joe's is a seasonal thing available. Um, I think people start to feel this anxiety of like, well, this is the only time I can have it. Or because people associate this idea of overindulging with the holiday time, I think that especially if someone is, let's say, on a diet that might not be serving them or maybe has a difficult psychological relationship with food, this association that they have makes them feel like this is the only time that I can have it. So I'm going to have all of it now and then never again. And there is mm-hmm. such like a dangerous slippery slope that comes along with all that stuff. So I think it's, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this more than anything. And I just can't stress enough how much I love the question of how um, do I want to feel now and later? Because I feel as though people feel not only the desire to follow that uh, initial urge or impulse to do something in that moment, but I know I personally would feel very guilty about, or I'd be, or, or ashamed if I'm like, well, of course I want sugar or like, of course I want this when it's like, you know what? Everybody has those thoughts, but they just don't attribute as much meaning to it. Like I remember something not that long ago where I was saying to, and it comes along with the relationship that we have with these things, but I was saying to a coach that I worked with, I was like, yeah, I like was considering like having everything but the lunch that I planned, right? Like every store I was passing, I was like, "Hmm, maybe I'll have a, a donut. Maybe I'll have this. Maybe I'll have that. And she's like, girlfriend, Literally every time I drive home from the gym and I pass the Dunkin' Donuts, I'm like, oh, a Boston cream would sound good. And she's like, and that's the end of the story. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's that's where it ends. I don't attribute something deeper about what it says or my lack of trust with myself or, you know, am I going to overeat? Like, all these things. And it's so much of it I really think does have to do with, like, the trust that we have in ourselves and how we think about these relationships. So that was my extremely long winded way of saying, I love everything that you're doing and stand for. (laughs) Thank you. No, I appreciate that. And I realized I didn't answer your question about
2: what do you do if you feel guilt or shame Mm -hmm. after. And my answer to this is pretty standard across the board, whether you're struggling with guilt or shame about food or guilt and shame about your body or Mm -hmm. anything that you're feeling upset about, replace criticism with compassion. And I'm going to say that again, replace criticism with compassion. You are a human and we put ourselves on this high, 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 high standard as if we're not allowed to screw up or do anything quote unquote wrong. And it is so okay. And so normal. And I honestly feel like when you feel, when you do get to that place, like it just means that you care and it means that there's work to be done and there's healing to be done And that's a beautiful thing because you're actually aware of it. And awareness is the first step towards change, right? With that said, if you're continuously feeling guilt and shame, and then you listen to those voices and then you follow that path and then go back into extreme restriction or go back into um, excessive exercise or doing whatever it is that got you there in the first place, Well, then that's when we need to take a step back and do a little bit of a deep dive and like being a little bit more introspective and asking ourselves like, what is it that we really want and why do we keep repeating the same patterns and behaviors over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know that that's something that I've done more than a million times of like indulging and definitely overindulging and then the next day beating myself up or later that night when I get home oh I shouldn't have eaten that or I shouldn't have eaten that much of that I could have just had the one cookie why did I have three and it's you know it doesn't it's not doing me any good what is done is done Mm -hmm. but I think sometimes then people can fall into a negative cycle after that of like okay well now I need to over exercise or now I need to restrict even harder because I let myself do those things so what are what how, how do you then navigate maybe that like after thing to not fall down that trap?
2: Yeah, well, if you think about what got you there in the first place, it probably was like extreme restriction or excessive, excessive exercise. And then because you didn't rest enough or because you aren't fueling yourself enough, um, you break down and, and it kind of backfires. So um, that's the first thing. But the other thing I would like to say is that when people get down on, their self, down on themselves about it, rather than thinking about like, how do I fix it more so just focus on the fact that you live a very long life. Um, you, you know, even in the holidays, like the holidays, it's like, there's a lot of opportunities. I like to use the be the positive flip side of things there in the holidays. There's very many opportunities for you to practice mindfulness Mm -hmm. and balance.
0: Mm
2: because you're constantly going to be thrown at like, you know, holiday parties and uh you know the, the cookies at the office, like all the things. You know, like you just get opportunities to practice it. And so the more that you actually I'm going to break that, not the more but like the quicker that you can decide you're not going to allow yourself to spiral and in back into those extreme behaviors and instead just think about you know, what's, what can I do the next meal? Or what can I do the next time I eat? Or the next time I drink, that's going to make me feel like I'm more in charge of my choices, right? So when people go into those extremes, they're trying to take control. The word control already kind of implies that you can like lose grip, and like, it can slip up. I like to use more empowering words, like I'm in charge of my mind and body. How can I make a small shift, one small shift, not extremes. We know extremes don't get us anywhere good, right? What is one small thing that I can do differently that's going to help me both now and later, right? So your mind might tell you, oh, I overate last night. I shouldn't eat breakfast today. Well, you know that when you skip breakfast, you end up overeating at night, so instead, you can say to yourself, "You know what? I'm, I'm I overate last night. I'm really not that hungry. I know skipping breakfast never leads anywhere good, but I, you know what? I, maybe I'll push it back like an hour if I can, if my schedule allows it. Just push it back an hour. I'm not gonna go for an intense workout, but I can just go for a little bit of a walk, make me feel better. And then I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna start my day with a nice balanced meal. I'm gonna hydrate." And I'm going to feel really good about myself and then just continue your day as it normally would have been or normally would have been right so try not to over complicate it and really just go back to the basics and look for the small which seem insignificant but they're so significant in the long run, the small ways um, in which you can kind of just get back on track and I use air quotes for that because if you're not really getting on or off track you're, yeah. you're living a life but <laughs> we're not going on or off a diet we're just living a healthier balanced life but um that that verbiage tends to resonate with a lot of people so
1: for sure yeah and kind of what you said made me think about and I know it's something I've come up against and kind of Julia alluded to in the sense of this idea of wanting to like know better or beating yourself up, not just for doing, you know, what you did, whether it is overeating or drinking too much or whatever, but also getting down on yourself for not knowing better because you've already learned from an experience mm-hmm. like that. And I think that although, like you said, we live a life, we're technically continuing on this journey, luckily, um, we're very privileged to do so. But I think in a lot of times, especially for people that have a very like fixed mindset when it comes to, um, their relationship to food in their bodies, I think they have this idea that they're starting over constantly, um, whether it is based on their weight, whether it is based on their habits, or like, I feel like a lot of people are very much big on streaks or whatever. So um, how would you say, what would you say to someone who's listening to this and is like, no, I totally like, I get what you're saying. I feel it. I believe it. But having this, you know, feeling like they keep coming up against the same things over and over again. And like, they can't get a grip of doing something different. Yeah. Well,
2: I mean, honestly, they probably need a professional to take a look and get in their head, to be honest. Like that's why I do what I do. That's why I hired a team and I have dietitians who work for me, who help and help people work work with them Mm one-on-one. You need to do something different. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Mm -hmm. And if you can't seem to get out of your own way, rely on somebody like a nutrition professional to genuinely help you get there. Mm -hmm. Chances are you need accountability and you need education, right? So you might hear about these concepts, but you're not quite grasping them because they're not directly targeted to you and your lifestyle and knowing you of who you are as a beautiful individual that you are. Right. So when you work with a nutrition professional, they can really oversee and they can take a look at where are the gaps, you know, and help you fill those gaps and then hold you accountable to make sure that you're following through with those very small, seemingly insignificant changes um, over, you know, a period of time. So that's kind of that's what we do in, in our six month to food freedom coaching program. The dietitian will work with someone for a minimum six months, they'll get, you know, either weekly or biweekly calls, depending on how much accountability you need, they will be instructed to take, you know, food records, which basically is just taking a photo of their food to help with the mindfulness. And then on their strategy calls with their dietitian, they'll kind of go through where are the areas in for improvement and where are they struggling? Where are their opportunities For advancement. And in that situation, that comes with a lot of like tools and tricks. We'll talk about things like, you know, how to manage emotional eating. We'll give them basic nutrition knowledge and education based off of the foods they're already consuming. So it's really um, a lot of accountability and it really just helps people figure it out, which seems like six months seems like a long time, but it's nothing compared to like the rest of your life. So it's a container, six month container to save you so much. Frustration, headache, and and uh, just just staying in that cycle, you know. Break, finally breaking out of it.
0: Absolutely, Tony. You've given us so many incredible tips um, and tools and resources and knowledge to to set ourselves up for success, and I'm I'm so grateful for that. I think there's this other element that comes into play. Like we can know all those things and you know set ourselves up, but you mentioned it, you know, uh, in your story as well earlier. What about when it comes to like dealing with like the family or friends that might be at those holidays with us? And let's say like you, you know, you've set yourself up and you want to make certain choices because that's what's going to make you feel good for now and for later. But there's that person asking you why you're eating that way or have another one of these or uh, whatever it might be. Do you have any tips or tools to navigate those kind of instances? Because that could be yeah.
2: yeah no it's really hard obviously i i make a joke i said it in my ted talk like you know if we if if we you know i don't even remember the exact line but basically you know, eating out of Tupperware container and never leaving your couch would make like healthy eating super easy. Right. But like we all, we have to like resurface and join the world, right. We have to get out there. That's not obviously not going to last for a long time. Um, And so the reason why it's so problematic when people come into social situations is because they can have this big idea of what they want to do and how they want to be, but they can be around others and, whether they want their people pleasers or whether they just feel uncomfortable around other people or whether they just like, maybe they made a decision that wasn't a hundred percent what they wanted. And now they can be easily swayed, you know, being around other people make it a lot harder. And then also, like I said, we're human, it's natural. Of course, you know, we are basically who and what we surround ourselves with. So if you're constantly being exposed to um, certain foods or whatever, it's going to be a lot harder for you to say, no, thank you to them. Right. So I think that that's a very normal thing. Um, with that said, there's one quote I, I teach or we teach our clients that I, I use a lot, which is the more you love your decisions, the less you need others to love them. And if you could truly be so proud of who you are and what you value and what you stand for, and you know that you're making the best decision for you then other people's opinions aren't really going to sway you. It's kind of like if your family just like so badly your whole life wanted you to be a doctor and you decided you were going to be a musician and you really believed in yourself and you freaking love playing music, like, okay, they cannot agree that you they don't want you to be a doctor. Like, you know, in your heart, you were put on this planet to be a musician, right? So it's like a more extreme example, but, but really when it comes to food, like, if you just know that you feel better when you don't overeat on food than when someone offers you a second plate and like almost is insulted. And I can say this with a true understanding as a Greek and Italian person, <laughs> I know that like, you know, what, at the end of the day, like they're not going to stress over me when they go home, you know, because that they, I can't believe she didn't have that second plate and they stay up all night about being stressed that they didn't have the yeah. second plate, but you know, who's going to stay up all night. And be upset with themselves because they had that second plate and they feel like crap, you, right? So we can't allow other people to influence our choices. So the same way that someone might judge you for not eating more. They also are probably going to judge you if you do eat more. You are always going to have somebody who's going to comment on your food. Oh my God, you're eating that? I'm surprised. That's that's great. Or oh wow, you're not eating that? Why not? Why don't you have? And ninety seven percent of the time, when someone comments on your food or your body, which is also something that people need to stop doing, but do it, you have to remember that that is what's important to them. That's what we call projection, right? So they. In their head it's like if you're not going to have that piece of cake because you genuinely are full and you really don't want it you're you don't even maybe it's like lemon what is it lemon meringue key lime pie and lemon meringue i think they're disgusting so sorry if you love them i, I we have different taste buds i just don't understand right like so like if that's the cake option like i'm not having it i don't want it i genuinely don't like it like yes. So they're like, you're not having cake? Like, why not? I can't oh, I would never be able to do that. Good for you. And then you get like compliments because you tore put down the cake, which realistically it's like you shouldn't be complimented that you did good or bad, whether you decided to have cake or not. Yep. But I don't wanna I digress. But basically the point is, is that, you know, um. That's because they themselves are like, I can never not have cake. Like if it's there, I'm going to eat it. Like that's their relationship with food, Mm -hmm. right? So you have to just get really clear on what you want for you Mm -hmm. and just be okay with that. And one thing I teach people in social situations is I think you probably have heard I mean, I'm not sure. I'm just assuming if you've listened to podcasts or you follow dietitians or anybody um, in the health and wellness field, one strategy during like social situations, if someone offered you something and you really just don't want it is to just say, no, thank you. What I've learned being part of um, a family of of food pushers is that no, thank you. Doesn't really work. Mm -hmm. What you can say is no, I'm okay right now. Mm -hmm. What that does is it gives you space to think about, like maybe you, you're you not sure, like maybe you genuinely are like, I really do need a minute to kind of decide if I want that. And then also, it could just be like, no, you genuinely don't want it, but you know that they won't take no for an answer. So you just say, oh, no, no, right now, I'm gonna get it in a minute. I'm having, I'm, you know, if it's a glass of wine, it's like, I'm having my water, I'm gonna have another glass in a minute. They don't, and if they're really hawking you like that and like stalking you down, like just like looking and waiting till you go and get your next glass, like that's a problem. Like yeah. chances are that's probably a rare occurrence that that's <laughs> happening, right? But really, you just need to create that space to decide, is it is do you truly want it? And if so, like, let it be that you made the choice, right? Mm-hmm. If you're in charge of your choices, right? You're in charge of your food. You're in charge of your body. You're in charge of your choices. You're in charge of your mind. And so you just want to create that space to allow yourself to come to that realization rather than kind of giving into impulse and like not even being quite sure if like you even wanted it or not. Right. So just yeah. create that space.
1: For sure. Yeah. And kind of in that same vein of, you know, family members commenting or anxiety around connecting with family members for people that are maybe haven't seen certain people in their lives, whether family, friends, um, whatever, as a result of COVID and not being able to see each other in person. Um, I know there's a lot of anxiety sometimes around not having seen people in a while, especially if you feel uh, like you've gained some weight or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're not feeling confident in your body for whatever reason, honestly, even unrelated to weight, whether you feel like something has changed that you're not comfortable with. Um, so what are your tips for showing up confidently, even if you feel like you're uncomfortable <laughs> in your skin? Yeah. At time?
2: Well, so it's a really great question. And I will just say, I, I, I understand. And I feel for anybody who is feeling in this way, that they're not really proud to step into a room based off of what they look like, I experienced that very much as a child. So I understand how upsetting that feels and how hard what I'm about to say is probably going to be for you to implement, but I'm going to challenge you to do it. So the first thing I would say is I've had many thoughts in my brain of like, I don't like the way that I look or feel, I'm just not going to go. But if I continued to listen to those thoughts, I would have missed out on so many incredible moments and opportunities and memories that were created. So please go, please go um unless it's someone like super toxic who really does just like
1: mm-hmm.
2: destroy your like you know says yes. mean things and don't go but if it's really just a situation where you're kind of having this anxiety about you know feeling like you don't look the way that you want to look please just go second thing i would say is don't crack jokes about the weight you've gained as a protective way to kind of distract it really is just bringing in more attention and it's It makes like everyone uncomfortable. It makes you feel on the outside, you're laughing, but on the inside, you're like really putting yourself down. Um, And it's just, I don't know why we live in a society and like, it's almost like normal for women to kind of crack jokes about the weight that they've gained. And it's, 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 it's not not funny and it's also not funny like it's just like not something that i think we should really talk about unless we're having a genuine conversation with like our very best friend that's like i have been feeling kind of down in my body like i haven't been taking care of myself in the way that i want to or i need to right there's a different way to frame it versus like us cracking jokes about it and then um the last tip i will give is if you're going to a situation like that wear clothes that fit you and that you feel confident in stop trying to fit into your old clothes please, please, nobody knows the size of your pants, but you know, what I'll tell you is that when pants don't fit or a shirt doesn't fit and you're popping out from everywhere, then yeah, people are going to like notice more. Right. And you're not going to feel good. Right. So wear clothes that fit you and support your body. Mm -hmm. And it's like, just, you just go, just go and just be yourself. And you know, wear the, wear the, things that make you feel your best. And those are probably like the main things I would say for people who are struggling with that.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I just, I love what you said about the go because I, we can all get in our own ways so much. We can let anxiety keep us back from so many things, whatever your anxiety might be about. If it's not about your body, it might be about something else. And more often than not, it pays off. And mm-hmm. connect those memories. And a lot of times then you also realize, like, oh wait, people aren't really thinking about that. Like I was the one thinking about that. Once you get there and you're engaging with your friends, you're engaging with your family, you're having fun, you it also kind of reinforces that most people actually really aren't thinking about that.
2: Yeah, good people, good people. Good people. And I I want to say, like, I don't even say good people because I, I want to take that back because a lot of people that are themselves insecure. or struggle with body image or their relationship with food, like I said, project onto others. So that doesn't make them a bad person. Um, but what I'd say is that if someone, I would say most people actually really don't care about what you look like. They care about who you are and how you treat them. You know, Mm -hmm. if we really got to the root, you know, aesthetics and what we look like help people get noticed basically, (laughs) but we know like if you've ever dated someone it's like they could look real good but then like when they something comes out of their mouth and you're like what the hell (laughs) like you're just like I'm good like I don't care how hot you are like that is just not not what I want in my life and my energy Mm -hmm. you know so really when we really get to the root of it what we're really looking for is connection and love and acceptance and a good person and someone we can rely on and someone that can listen to us and we can listen to and like you know there's this truly that we're so much more than what we look like
0: yeah and realize that's like people want to be with you whatever Mm -hmm, it is that you look like that day that month that year whatever it 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 reminds you of that those things that are important the connection the love the being together yes um so I thank you so much Tony for all these incredible tips and tricks I feel like everyone is going to be going into this holiday season so much more well-equipped way less anxious, Hope and so. more, like you said, in charge of our choices and our feelings around them. So I, I'm, I'm just very grateful for this conversation, but we have a couple of other things that we need to get out of you before we let you go. Um yes. You have a book coming out tomorrow. Yeah. It will be out when everybody's hearing this in a week or two. Um Please tell us about the book. Okay. So this
2: is my book. You guys can't, you guys are listening. Very crazy. This is my book. I'm so proud. I can't believe it's actually out in the universe. Um, It's called Once Upon a Diet. It's actually an extension of my TED Talk. So I gave a TED Talk in the beginning of uh, March, 2020, right before the shutdown. And it's all about the parallels between dieting, dating, and romantic relationships and how we treat them the same, but we need to stop. (laughs) So I, I shared with you today about my nutrition pitfalls and the things that I did that were just like, you know, pretty toxic and not helpful, helpful or healthy or good for me in the long run. Um, and then I learned I needed just to shift that. So when it came to relationships, it took me a little bit longer to realize that um, I was dating the wrong men and they weren't good fits. And I, I really need to like reassess how I was going about dating in general and what I was looking for. Um, let's just say my standards were real low. So <laughs> we to shift that. So basically I talk about that in my Ted talk. And then, um, I realized I needed to write a book because my Ted talk, I only had eight minutes to say all the things I wanted to talk about. And so there's so many more parallels than I thought. So the premise of the book is really just to help you to understand that there's many ways to be healthy and happy. You don't have to sacrifice either or, um, but neither of them depend on the number on the scale or your relationship status. So it's okay to have specific goals around that, but we want to make sure that you're not defining your worth and value as a person based off that number or based off that status, right? Mm-hmm. So the book t- talks all about my story, talk about client stories. I talk about uh, tips and tricks, that educational component that I think is also important when it comes to nutrition. Um, and it's just, it, it my it's my heart and soul. It's like, I'm, I'm real proud of it. It's so it was really hard, like, writing a book is not an easy feat. I don't know why people make it seem that it's easy because no. it's
1: just not, <laughs> it's like not the hardest thing I've ever done. Oh my gosh. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> because yes. That is something to be so freaking proud of. And mm-hmm. honestly, obviously you guys hear Tony now, she's an incredible speaker. So definitely check out her Ted talk, um, listen to anything that she has to offer and obviously get check out her book. But I think it's so fascinating because you're right. Like there's so much worth in society or at least it's portrayed as not only how we look but like who we love or whether we're in a relationship or not and what that says about us and our maybe our ability to be loved or our ability to attract other people Mm -hmm. um and what that says about our character like there's so many different direction. So I think your book is going to touch so many people who definitely I can imagine feel an insecurity in both of those areas. So I'm so glad you were able to not only create something that's obviously very special and that took a lot of effort um, out of you, but I just I can only imagine, especially within your eight minutes of your TED talk and how impactful that in itself was how much deeper this goes and how many more lives it's going to touch and how less alone people are going to feel in their own struggles. And hopefully, you know, be able to find that other side as a result of it. Um yeah. But kind of going off of that, just to give us a little insight on like your life and what you do, do you have any like daily rituals or routines or anything that you incorporate? It's okay if not.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm big on routines. I'm big on routines. Yeah, I think it's so powerful. I mean, I definitely got a little bit more flexible, I'd say, after many years of being a very rigid person, which we know that like too much rigidity can (laughs) cause burnout um, and other things. But um, my main thing I would say is every morning, actually, this is something I'm going to actually, I'm actually more just I just started doing it and I'm very passionate about it and I see such a big shift in me so I'm going to share it with you so um really quickly let me just give you the backstory. so I've always been someone in my morning routine to meditate I've always been someone to journal I've always been someone to drink my water and my coffee and just like you know plan out my day um More recently, I've been getting panic attacks. And that's very new for me. I've always been an anxious person. I've had anxious tendencies, but I've never had panic attacks before. And I thought it was more situational, but then they started becoming more and more. And like, yeah, I have the anticipation of the book and lots of change happening. But it was almost like very new for me. And I was like, well, I already meditate. I already journal. I already eat well. I already exercise. I already sleep well. Like what the hell is going on? Right. So long story short, I've started, instead of just meditating, I started doing tapping meditation. And I don't know if you're familiar with it. You guys are shaking your head. I was not like, I like saw it like on like TikTok and like, I've like seen people do it. But I started, I downloaded the tapping solution app and it's guided meditations that, um, where you just like tap certain parts of your body and it's just so much more engaging. So I think I don't want anyone to get discouraged because meditation is very normal. If your mind kind of wanders, that's part of it but I do find that I don't think that my meditation and I've been meditating for like six years. Right. So I don't think it was very productive. I kind of think I got stale with it. And my mind was, it was almost kind of like I was going through the motions. Mm. So now that I'm incorporating the tapping meditation, I really feel myself um, really doing it. Also. I love about tapping meditation is they first have you acknowledge the negative thought they like leave space, for you to acknowledge the negative thought before you switch to thinking a bit more positively. And by that point, you're a little bit more calmer. So I think that's such a beautiful thing because that's what I teach when people are struggling with their body image. I tell them to acknowledge it instead of most people just try to like dismiss it, dismiss it, dismiss it. Acknowledge it. Where is it coming from? Often it's coming from childhood. Often it's coming from a thought from you know someone that a comment that somebody made or whatever it is. And just um acknowledge it first and then work on shifting towards changing it to a more neutral comment. Right. So um sorry, I talk a lot. I like I feel like I go very deep into my hands Oh we all love it. Oh my god, so sorry. I want. <laughs> yeah okay good good I'm glad that yeah, you guys are okay with it because I can talk forever um but yeah so anyways part of my morning ritual now is the same I, I journal I drink a cup of coffee um I drink my water and then um now instead of just meditating I do tapping meditation and I found for me personally once again everyone's different but for me personally I've signif- found a significant difference and I actually haven't had a panic panic attack since I started doing it
0: love it I love mm-hmm. it because I think that that is just a great alternative for someone's like, hmm, I like, I want to meditate, but I can't. I, you know, it's not working for me, or I, I, can't get myself to do it. I, I think that things that are engaging like that are so awesome. So it's a great, it's a great tip for someone to try out if if they're interested in those kind of practices and traditional meditation hasn't been for them. I love it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing, Tony. That's yeah, oh. um, this has been so incredible. We have our last two questions before we need to let you go because you've given us so much of your time. We're so grateful. Um, if you we asked this to all our guests, if you could tell twenties year old Tony one thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be about nutrition. It can be I, I know exactly what
2: it's gonna be. Oh good. Tell her. Tell her. <laughs> like don't date him. Like just don't even go on the tape. <laughs> tell- <laughs> get that. like when I tell you like in my book I talk about like you know experiences give us feedback and when you learn from them it's so powerful and I don't want you to like I want to pre- like I'm not trying to like prevent you from having heartache like it's important right like we we do that and it makes it stronger but like my boyfriend but not my current boyfriend my ex before him like if that never happened, I would have had a better life. Like I don't, I don't need I didn't need that to like remind me for the third time. Like for the third time that like this is the worst choice you've ever made. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I like, really learned that lesson. I learned that lesson twice. I didn't you know, need the third time. We like, were good. <laughs> yeah, we were good. So yeah. So that's what I would tell my younger my younger Tony. Um that's like, and then I don't think I'm serious because like I really don't think I needed that. But if like a more sentimental answer because in my 20s I definitely did tie my weight to my worth it would have been like you do not need to lose weight to be happy mm. you really don't you really don't you need don't need to look a certain way to be happy um, the sooner that you accept yourself and just love but you don't have to love your body just yet that's impossible to just love our body after hating it for so many years and trust me I've hated I hated it like it came up in my homework hated it like yeah. I like wrote poems about it. I found songs about it. Like I hated my body. So to, to know that I can go from a place from hating it to loving it. Like if you told me that when I was 20, I'd be like, you're freaking right. Yeah. Like Are you kidding me? But um, what I wish I knew then that I know now is that, It's for the first step to loving your body is just accepting it. It's not, not, you don't, it's just going from hating it to accepting it. And then pretending like you love it in the sense, like you treat it like you do. Mm -hmm. When you love something, you nurture it. You care for it. You know, you don't take it for granted. Mm -hmm. You, you treat it kindly and forgetting and not forgetting that your mind is part of your body as well. So making sure that when you're working towards your physical health, you're not neglecting your mental
0: health. So important.
1: so important so So powerful genuinely like I just I just can see so many people even in my life myself included that just would 100% need to hear those exact words right now so um so powerful and I guess to give you an opportunity um if people want to work with you if they want to learn from you or if they want to listen to your podcast anything like that pimp it all out yeah so definitely get the book Once Upon a Diet on Amazon. It's hopefully so the
0: cover thank is so cute. You,
2: thank you very much. I hired a designer. I can't take credit for the fact that I did this, but I did give feedback. <laughs> um so Once Upon a Diet on Amazon, hopefully when you're listening to this the audible the audible version and the Kindle will be ready. Right now it's just the paperback, but it's really really great and it's actually a quick read. I've had some people on the early bird list already read it. I'm already getting so much incredible feedback. I've had people say things to me like, oh my God, I resonated with this so much. Like it reminded me of, cause I, for me, it started when I was like nine years old. It was like it reminded me when I was nine and I had the same issues and now it makes sense why I do what I do now. Uh, it's just like, so it's already making a huge impact. So please go get the book. That's like, if you do nothing, just do that. Like if, only, if you only do one thing, just do that. But if you want other sort of resources, um, you can go to my website, www.tipsatoni.com. Um, there's a quiz on my website, um, that you can take to figure out which Disney princess you eat like, which kind of goes along with like the once upon a diet theme. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's super cute. I have courses there. I have, um, if you want one-to-one coaching to work with a dietitian on my team, um, you would go to the coaching tab and watch the video filled application about that. Um, And then obviously Instagram is where I hang out the most. So follow me on Instagram. You can message me any questions you have, share this episode, tag me on your stories, whatever that is. And that's at tips underscore with underscore Tony with an I.
0: Amazing. Tony, thank you so, so much for your time, your heart, all of your tips. That's in her name. We (laughs) We can't tell you how much we appreciate you and this. It was so so awesome and so many people are going to benefit from getting to hear this especially at this time of year and I can't wait for everyone to read your book I'm so excited (laughs) thank you of course goodbye everybody bye everyone thanks for listening to roaring 20s podcast be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe you're never alone our pride sticks together tune in every monday and thursday for new episodes of Roaring 20s podcast you get to start your week with us and end your week with us with, with love you, brenda and julia